Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Diego Maradona and Napoli. It was football's wildest romance. A head-spinning cocktail of devotion, chaos and glory. Maradona turns like a little eel and comes away from trouble. Plus, enough Class A's to kill a horse. Have you had me forgiven him? I'd probably punch him. From plastic penises to cocaine in the Pope's bathroom, this is the story of Diego and Napoli. I'm Jack. Zach's with me, as always. Hello. Hello, mate. And we're joined once again by JP. Hello, boys. Thanks for having me back. Very welcome back. We always seem to get you in for these cokey, <laughs> yeah, cokey so ones. I'm the drug guy, aren't I? You've been typecast now. <laughs> well, we, we did Mutu together. Yeah, Mutu. Uh, Michael did, Owen. Yeah, Michael yeah. Owen is absolutely not. And then we also did the Bowley one. Yeah, who's also yeah. not. Okay, so two cokey ones yeah, now. Two coke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two coke, two normal. But I mean this is this is one of our most popular ever topics that we've done in our Twitter threads. This is this is the big one, lads. It's it's Maradona. Yeah, I um I'm a massive Maradona fan, so I feel very privileged to be invited back for this one. We've been looking forward to this one for a while. Yeah, it's, it was be- <laughs> when we first started the podcast, it was the one or one of the one of the few that we were like, This is a biggie. Uh great one to kick off the new year. JP, I should say you're wearing a beautiful shirt, aren't you? It's my Christmas present from the upshot. Yeah, which is it's the Chelsea home strip from the year you were born. From from 1990, it's gorgeous. And we got it from classicfootballshirts.co.uk, where you can get 10% off using the code UPSHOT10. So check it out. There's some real gems on there. It is actually like absolutely banging and amazing quality for how old it is as well. So looks very, looks very silky. Yeah, it, go on, have a touch. Ooh. Yeah, feel it? Ooh, yeah. Stroke. No, no sponsor yeah. on it as well, which is Yeah, quite... no sponsor, which I like. I actually showed it to my dad and he was like, no, I'll have that. I was like, no, mate. You stay away. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sort him out later. Yeah. Goalkeeper kit, maybe. Ed yeah. DeHoy's goalkeeper strip. <laughs> All right, well, Maradona and Naples, it sort of makes me think of kind of sweaty romance, right? It's, it makes you think of like shrill crowds, shady mafia figures. I mean, should we just get into it? Yeah. So Diego joined Napoli in 1984 after a couple of years at Barcelona where he, he did all right. He scored, scored a fair few goals, but never really like set the world alight. A couple of reasons for that. So in his, in his first season there, he caught hepatitis and he was, he was out for three months with that. How do you catch hepatitis? Is it a, is it a sexy it's an illness? STD, isn't it? I think there are other ways of getting it. Okay, yeah, let's, let's assume he got it one of the other ways. <laughs> I mean, the most likely way is, you know. Knowing him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, so after he, he came back from, he recovered from hepatitis and it wasn't long before he was back on the treatment table because uh, he, in a match against Bilbao, um, suffered this really horrific tackle that broke his ankle. The, the guy who tackled him got the nickname the Butcher of Bilbao after it. He was out for a while and it was during this period that he fell in with Barcelona's party scene and discovered cocaine for the first time. So there's this story from a, a journalist who went to, to interview him while he was out injured and went round to Maradona's house and it's like the middle of the day and he was apparently just like passed out on this bed in the garden, surrounded by people 
having a party, basically drinking, snorting lines off the ping pong table. So this is kind of the the crowd that he'd started to to hang out with in Barcelona. Um, what well, was it? Just like party people, the party scene. I think. Yeah. Really. I think Barcelona was quite a like it's quite a vibe back then. This is you know they got the Olympics in '92, and apparently that started a big like gentrification of Barcelona. But before that, it was like I was apparently there was a big transvestite party scene. Mm. I'm thinking like Sonar Festival kind of vibes. Yeah, like, yeah that's you. That's gentrified. Yeah, it's gentrified. Right. <laughs> and I'm thinking transvestite parties, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> I, I read something. It was like Civil War veterans in berets partying with transvestites. Oh, I love that. Wild. It sounds sort of like 1930s Berlin. Yeah, 20s Berlin, <laughs> 30s Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different. <laughs> Don't think there was much of that. In the 30s Berlin, not known for its parties. <laughs> Different vibe there, yeah. Chaotic. Chaotic, yeah. Um, but his his spell at Barcelona ended in, in absolute carnage in the Copa del Rey final when Barcelona were facing Bilbao again. So he was back up against the, the butcher, the butcher of Bilbao. And the butcher and the rest of his teammates and the Bilbao fans are winding Diego up for the whole game. And Barcelona end up losing 1-0 and at the end of the game as the whistle goes one of the Bilbao players says something to him and Diego just headbutts him and then goes on an absolutely mad rampage like it's, honestly I've never seen anything like it on a football pitch he, he completely loses it is this the one where they're all like scissor kicking each other in the yeah, air yeah, there's so no he, fists it's just pure it's kicks just, <laughs> just kicks he just goes around just like indiscriminately attacking Barcelona players he jumps up and knees one guy in the head knocks him unconscious and then just yeah just just sprints around the pitch attacking anyone who he can get close to. There's an amazing, like, two foot... Right at the end of the video, before it stops, one of his teammates just flies in the foreground, out of focus, and <laughs> <Yeah>. just two-footed <laughs> kick to the chest. <laughs> this is, this is at, like, the Copa del Rey final. It was at the FA Cup final of Spain. So, like, the Spanish king was in the, in the crowd. Um, so after this, I think Barcelona were just like, fucking hell, like, we, this guy is unhinged. Like, we, we, we can't have him here. So they decide to sell him and Napoli come in. And it's, that's a bit of a surprise because at that point, Naples, the city of Naples was basically bankrupt. Napoli had finished like a few points above the relegation zone the last couple of seasons. And they were then breaking the world transfer record to sign the best player in the world. So everyone's a bit like, what's going on here? But the fans are instantly absolutely like besotted with Obsessed. with Maradona um during the negotiations some fans chain themselves to the stadium gates and go on hunger strike to try and a sign force- of what's to come <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah let's get a feel for the city mate it feels, it feels like a chilled out sort of place <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. hunger stri- what being like if you don't sign for us i will die yeah i think so yeah they apparently uh, Towards the end of the negotiations, the Barcelona president just decided to add 500 grand onto the transfer fee and Napoli fans organised street collections to to raise the money for it. What, they, they get half a million? They got half half a million. Right. I, think they, I think they were collecting in the mafia-run neighbourhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had a bit of help there. <laughs> you can imagine them just like passing around this hat and it's like, get to the end, it's like, oh, we've got about... 48 euros here then suddenly <laughs> someone in like a black suit comes in and just drops in like yeah. that was suddenly another 450 grand in <laughs> but it's, it's like a perfect fit right because Maradona he's obviously a great player but he he's from a really poor background in Buenos Aires right he said I grew up in a shack yeah like you know we're talking like dusty roads very poor background and so he feels some kinship naturally with Naples, which is the city that's kind of derided by the north of Italy. It's a traditional working class place, very Catholic. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason why the Napoli fans felt such a connection with him mm. uh, because of it, because of his background. Like um, Napoli fans, when they, they went to play against teams from the north of Italy, Milan, Juventus, um, they'd be greeted by these banners that said welcome to Italy and the fans would sing these chants about them being like uncivilized peasants who don't wash they'd be like oh we can we can smell the Neapolitans coming yeah. it's like really really horrible um really horrible stuff but this this like north-south divide was really pronounced like no team from the south of Italy had ever won Serie A up until this point so they're not a particularly good team no 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 they were they were like battling relegation the previous season 
The other thing that Naples was obviously famous for was the mafia. Sound like a Milan fan. Quake. The The mafia. (laughs) Right, Zach. But this is also obviously there is a trope, but uh, but they but they they were the 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 Camorra the. Um, local mafia there were were very powerful and it wasn't long before um, Diego sort of tumbled into their sphere of influence so shortly after his arrival Diego was staying in a in a hotel in Naples and he was in his hotel room one day and got got a phone call basically saying go out to the balcony (laughs) goes out there and down below the hotel is Carmina Giuliano who's the the leader of the a local local mafia clan and he's like Diego welcome to Naples and he has this brand new Volkswagen car there and he's like this is a is a welcome gift for you and Diego's like oh great like everyone's so nice here <laughs> always wanted a Volkswagen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping for Ferrari <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah he it's, it's not long before he's sort of brought into the Giuliano clan and they're, they're in a circle. So he's invited along to family weddings, to baptisms. A few years later, the police um, raid one of their houses and find this photo album of pictures of Diego, like in the hot tub with them and stuff. It's, do you think that he was forced into this or do you think he quite happily strolled into the mafia lifestyle? I don't know. I mean, this is this is one of the debates to be had I guess because Diego after when when these links came out he he kind of said I, I didn't know who these people were they just invited me to their their parties and you know they they just they seemed really friendly but I think you probably would have an idea yeah to be honest you can um, find it if you're looking for can, it. but yeah. can you resist it because they're like I think they say something to him like any any problem you have is our problem kind of thing like they're obviously like we'll help you but if you're like listen guys I don't want to get involved and they mm. just like yeah you will be involved yeah yeah they're pretty bad dudes <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he did resist it though. yeah there are also rumors around this time that Diego has is helping out his, his new friends and when he flies back from South America is supposedly bringing back footballs stuffed with cocaine was <laughs> <laughs> that for personal Very, consumption or for I think it's for his mates for, oh, right. for the mafia I don't, I, I, for the boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have some you have some yeah. by this point is he is he a cokehead himself I think so yeah I mean he'd, he'd already been dabbling in, in Barcelona and I think hanging out in the circles that he was hanging out with in Naples with the mafia basically it's a bit of an, a bit of a step up in the in the coat use though isn't it from like, yeah. I did some at a party with some transvestites and civil war <laughs> veterans and then suddenly suddenly he's in smuggling footballs in, back yeah <laughs> full of beak yeah I don't I don't know whether the football story is, is true or not to be to be fair but um, wouldn't be shocking yeah, yeah there yeah. was that photo of him years later I'm talking you know as a sort of fif- in his 50s and he's on he, oh, it's a video he's doing a shot of some booze on a plane on his private jet and next to him is the one of the biggest bags of white powder you'll ever see I've <laughs> seen that loads but apparently it's photoshopped no no oh, don't, oh, don't break my heart <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I read someone said that he gave a defense of it saying it was coffee creamer like powdered milk well yeah I mean the reason why I've, I've read it was photoshopped is because the bag is so fucking big <laughs> Right, it just looks impossible. Yeah, he's got football filled <laughs> yeah, with it, true. mate. <laughs> but while while all of this um, while all of this is going on in the background, Diego is becoming a star on the pitch. He kind of becomes one of Italy's biggest celebrities, really. And in 1985, the Pope requests a private uh, meeting with Maradona, and quite mad, like the, the Pope is asking to meet him. And obviously, Maradona being a Catholic, this is a great honour. So him and his family and his agent, a guy called George Sitterspila, um, travel to Rome to meet the Pope. And, you know, you'd think you're meeting the Pope the next day. It's just like, we'll take it easy, get an early night, make sure we're looking our best. Unfortunately, that's not exactly Maradona's vibe. And him and his agent, George, hit the town. And they have this wild night on the gear, drinking, visiting prostitutes. These are just having a, a, an absolutely mad night. And apparently at 5am, George, his agent is like, all right, Diego, I'm, I'm, I'm heading home. Like we're meeting the Pope in a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to call it a night. And Diego's like, nah, I'm, 
I, I'm staying. I'll, I'll, I'll see you there. Don't Straight worry. through crew. So, yeah, yeah, literally. So Diego, he stays up the entire night. He doesn't sleep. And then I think maybe pops back to the hotel, changes his clothes and then goes to the Vatican. And you can imagine there's like a media frenzy there. So many fans and photographers and stuff wanting to to see him. And he goes through the these ornate gates to the Vatican and there's all these bishops there and he's like going along the line saying hello to all the bishops and at some point George like his agent takes looks at him and he's like Jesus you look he looks terrible <laughs> and Diego like sidles up to him and is, is like George I'm I'm going to need another line to get through this. And George is like, oh, fucking hell, Diego. I told, I, I told you you should come to bed. Like, we're supposed to be meeting the Pope. And um, but he's like, okay, don't, don't worry. I'll sort it out. So he goes up to, I don't know, to one of the bishops maybe, or, or, or one of the, just one of the, one of the helpers. And it's where's, like, where's um, the disabled? <laughs> yeah. No, he's like, Diego, he's got, he's got a stomachache. He's good. He needs to use the bathroom. Like, and no worries. No, no problem at all. Um, the, the Pope's private bathroom is, is just through here. So they take him off to the side into the, the papal lavatory, the Pope's private bathroom. And Diego goes in there and racks up a line, has it. And, <laughs> emerges back out like right as rain and then like carries on with the meeting meets meets the pope and they're chatting posed for some photos he gives him some rosary beads whatever and in his uh autobiography diego recalls this meeting and he's he talks about going into the vatican and seeing the marble staircase and these incredible gold ceilings and then chatting to the pope and the pope's like giving it the big end about um, what the church is doing to help poor kids. And Diego said he just turned to him and he's like, he's like, so sell the ceilings, mate, do something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, this is the Pope you're talking to. <laughs> Only Diego Maradona could meet the Pope on a rollover. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's got to be the most iconic yeah, yeah. rollover ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely the most iconic line of coke that's been yeah, done in yeah. the Pope's bathroom. <laughs> Is it the first one ever done there? Surely, surely. You they? never know them. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Worse has happened in that bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> he also, in his uh, account of he, he, he complains apparently because um, the Pope gave the same rosary beads to him and his mum. Like he was Pope was like handing out rosary beads I to everyone. Yeah. And didn't he get the ump about having the Pope said his ones were special when he came back to his <laughs> mum and they were the same and yeah. he went back to the Pope and was like, hang on a minute, mate, why am I special? Well, I don't know, was, was he expecting like his name on them yeah. or something? <laughs> Surely the Pope's like, listen, mate, you're on thin ice as it is. <laughs> I'm doing bag in my loo. You stink of booze. You've had a go at me about my ceilings. Now you want more rosary beans. <laughs> so he's not overwhelmed by the occasion at all. No, no. I, I think, think there's, there, it's, it's tempting to think, all right, this guy's an animal, but I actually read this and I'm like, there's something quite sweet about how Maradona's just so unfazed by the setting. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been, he's so used to being the centre of attention, like right from when he was a child, he was already this like prodigy that would have TV crews coming down to film him doing kick-ups or whatever. And, and he'd, he'd had like um, private meetings with the Spanish king and all these things. So I think he's quite comfortable in these settings and he's used to being treated like a god wherever he goes. So mm. probably meeting the Pope, he's sort of kindred spirits, really. <laughs> Pope's sort of his junior. Yeah. My representative <laughs> on earth. <laughs> it's probably why he thought it was all right to do gear in his bathroom. Yeah. So, so this, is what, this is what we do, right? Alternative theory, he's just a gearhead. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to separate the two. <laughs> All right, we should probably talk about some actual football at some point because um, we, are, we are talking about possibly the greatest player ever. Um, it's all going really well in Napoli. He's been there a couple of years. They finished third, I think, in Syria, having having been relegation candidates. He's really turned things around. Uh, but his Argentina side aren't much fancied and they arrive at the 1986 World Cup in Mexico. No one's really giving them much of a chance, including Argentina's own fans. Obviously, we know what happened. This is Maradona's World Cup. He scores five goals, he assists five, and he stars in the most famous game of all, the quarterfinal against England. It's a relatively even first half. Argentina have the edge, but they come out after half time, and very early on in the game is the famous first goal. 
I'll, I'll describe it for you. Mm. Maradona makes a little break forward. He kicks the ball up in the air and uh, England's Steve Hodge tries to clear the ball but accidentally loops a back pass to Peter Shilton, the goalkeeper, who goes up to punch it and is beaten in the air by five foot four Maradona who uses his bloody hand, doesn't he? Mm. It's that iconic moment. I still don't get how Shilton was out-jumped, but there, there you have it. And I, I think one of the most special parts of it is the fact that Maradona, after the game, is asked, did you use your hand or your head? And he's able to deliver the famous line, it was a little with the head of Maradona and a little with the hand of God. <laughs> it's like, how have you just got that in the locker? Yeah. It's poetry. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but everyone always says that Maradona never confessed to using his hand for years, but apparently, actually, Terry Butcher, the England player, got called for a random drugs test after the game. And the Argentina player was called for the random drugs test was, of course, Maradona. <laughs> Don't know how random that <laughs> test was. What, me again? Yeah, you go when you come. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Butcher's in there and fucking Maradona comes sauntering in, like dancing and cheering. And Butcher asks him, hand or head, gesturing. And apparently Maradona just points at his hand and gives a sort of like apologetic but laughing shrug. Mm. So he was always pretty open about it. Yeah, didn't he call it divine intervention or something like that? Once? The Pope gave me these rosemary beads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when you've done gear in the post bathroom, you're going to score some pretty special goals. <laughs> anyway, nice, nice little postscript to it. Steve Hodge, the uh, guy who hit mishit back pass that led to the goal, he came into the dressing room afterwards wearing Maradona's shirt because he'd swapped shirts and his teammates were all like, may fuck off, like, so livid. But Steve Hodge sold that shirt after Maradona died for $9 million. Nine million. Yeah. And like players didn't make much back then, right? Fair play. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. He waited till he died, which was smart. That goal, obviously the most controversial of all time. And, you know, I I remember uh, even as a boy being kind of angry about that. And it happened before I was born. It's so iconic and, and so controversial. But what happens a few minutes later is not controversial. It's, I think it's the greatest goal ever. Um, Maradona dribbles around half the England team and uh, goes around Peter Shilton and scores. It's actually worth, I, I want to just watch it with the English radio commentary at the time, because it's a really good bit of commentary, actually. Maradona turns like a little eel and comes away from trouble. Little squat man comes inside Butcher, leaves him for dead. Outside Fennec leaves him for dead and puts the ball away. And that is why Maradona's the greatest player in the world. He buries the English defence. You call him a little eel at yeah. the start. <laughs> what I love about that is he starts off clearly with a bit of resentment about the hand of God and he's like, look at him like a little eel, squat little man. There's a bit of the sort of like English, like, oh, look at that greasy RG, like racist stuff. And then by the end, he's just like, oh, that's why he's the best player in the world. <laughs> like a little eel. <laughs> Such a good phrase. Yeah. It's actually, maybe, maybe he wasn't being uh, hateful in any way. It's quite a good description of someone slipping through. Mm. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. They beat England. They go on to win the World Cup against all the odds. Huge emotional scenes. Uh, there's some really good video footage of it at the time. Have you seen, there's, there's a really good Maradona documentary that came out a couple of years ago. 
and there's a scene in it where he, um, after they win, he's like in his bed and he's like, oh, I need you to get on camera the picture of my of my girlfriend, Claudia, so she knows that she was with me. And they were like, oh, very nice. And he's like, and I need you to get a picture of this woman as well. And it's like this Argentine, it's this Argentine pop star who he's always been rumoured to have had an affair with. It's like, mate, what are you doing? Not now. Yeah, not now. <laughs> not now, Diego. Not in front of Claudia. Anyway, he goes, he goes back to Naples that summer as the best footballer in the world. Everyone's in awe of him. But I don't know if anyone seriously thinks that he's actually going to lead Napoli to a title. They came third season before, but Juventus is so dominant. It seems like such a stretch. Obviously, he does exactly that. They win the title in 1987, their first ever Serie A. They win the Coppa Italia too. They beat Juventus away. They they rack up all these iconic victories. He scores some amazing goals. I read somewhere that two Napoli fans had a heart attack after the um, Juventus win. Really? Yeah. Mm. As in, like, they were in the stadium and they had to call ambulance because there was two fans that had just generally had a heart attack from excitement. Just because it had wow. never, it never had, I don't think they'd ever beaten Juventus yeah. in Turin. Mm. That victory, the Serie A title, obviously kicks off the mother of all parties in Naples. They say it goes on for a month, <laughs> the celebrations. The scenes are like, there's like grannies crying in the street. There's like topless women. There's ultras on mopeds beeping the horn. Mafios- mafiosas strolling around with their cigars, walking slowly. It's Brilliant like, sick. It's like how, many, <laughs> how many Neapolitan stereotypes can I get? Yeah. <laughs> there's a man selling ice cream in three flavours. <laughs> is, is that even from that Naples? Thing, yeah. Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah. Someone erects a banner outside the cemetery with a message to the dead saying, you don't know what you missed, <laughs> which could be a reference to those two of the Juventus yeah, game. <laughs> Apparently another banner got put up just after that saying, who who said we missed it? Yeah. They're very superstitious they in Naples, yeah. aren't they? They're, yeah. they're, 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 don't they call it Europe's last pagan city? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got all sorts of gods, mm. uh, including Diego. There's Also, during the celebrations, there's a bit that I quite enjoyed because it's very late 80s. The Italian, slightly sleazy reporter finds these three girls who are like celebrating and he's like, which one of the players you want to sleep with tonight? <laughs> That's and they're all like, Maradona! Yeah. <laughs> like, I love his first questions. Like, who are you shagging, shagging. then? <laughs> Diego's celebrating too, of course, and uh, his already impressive cocaine use goes up a notch or two. I mean, it's pretty mental. Like, every time he leaves the house, he's just mobbed by by loads of people and he's just dragged to these parties. So he's partying for months on end. Um, He recalls later, drugs were... Am I going to do the accent? (laughs) Go on. Drugs were everywhere. (laughs) They practically brought them to me on a tray. (laughs) Sunday to Wednesday, I was partying on cocaine because that's his schedule. He he plays on a Sunday and then he goes on a three-day bender just nailing coke and then Thursday he goes to the gym and just like sweats Cleans it all it out, out yeah. and then trains mm. briefly and then stars again. Apparently the the train his trainer was called like Sigourney or someone like that and he she she he had him on like a real routine which was basically I think a lot of it was like basically you got to sweat it out mate mm-hmm. like black, black bin bag type vibe. If you ever <laughs> yeah. see him on a treadmill, anything with him on a treadmill is sweating to fuck <laughs> with like load of layers on. So I guess that was the that was yeah, the uh, routine. Up. <laughs> yeah. the does, way. He does look like he's absolutely hating it. Yeah, in the, those those training clips. Yeah. I think even even then he uh, would like often not show up to training in the mornings. Yeah, and just like oh, be really late. I, I I often if you again back back to documentary. If you look at him, then he looks big. He looks like overweight for a normal footballer, but I guess maybe Messi can sometimes look like that as well, but it just doesn't look like he was training very hard mm. back then. Mm. He is pretty stocky. Yeah, I suppose so. Also, yeah. you think all that like coke use, would you, would you yeah. get fat? I don't know. Yeah, Didn't during a three-day the- fast, surely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Didn't the, um, the coach move their training sessions from the morning to the afternoon because <laughs> just so that Maradona <laughs> could make it? I mean, you would. So Diego's all right. Well, the other thing I thought about all his like coke use is that you see all these these clips where every time he leaves the house there are hundreds of people there's like cameras you see like he's going out for a meal with friends and the whole restaurant just for an hour is just singing and chanting his name and like first of all that would be quite annoying anyway it would start to great but also can you imagine like if he, he's been on like three day benders his sort of like sense of paranoia and yeah. stuff but just like every time you leave the house there's like cameras in your face I guess it's that godlike thing though isn't it you know, when you get to that sort of level when you're so adored, you're just maybe not even thinking about it. I feel like your mood would be all over the show. Oh, yeah, I bet. He yeah. looks terrified in a lot of those videos, just like f- battling his way through throngs of people, just yeah. like 
<laughs> he hasn't slept for three days. Yeah. <laughs> the the other challenge, obviously, doing coke half the week brings up is drug testing, which was pretty advanced by then. They were definitely testing for coke. But Diego has a solution for that, which is his plastic penis. <laughs> he gets hold of a, a prosthetic and a supply of clean urine and, and they connect together. So when he's called for a drugs test, he just straps it on and you can just sort of squeeze it and it squeezes the bag of, of urine out <laughs> and he passes the drugs test. Um, apparently the prosthetic penis was like massive, like <laughs> a foot long. Because <laughs> I actually have heard this before that like in Hollywood films when they do prosthetic dicks and they ask blokes like how big do you want it and obviously you're like yeah, how big like a 10 inch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so apparently it was just absolutely huge this fake penis and it ends up in a museum on display in Buenos Aires until 2003 it gets stolen from this museum and it's never been found really yeah I mean someone's, I'd, someone's having a good time yeah I'm Steve, Steve Hodges <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, you like the shirt did you <laughs> yeah. I would rather own the cock yeah than the shirt no question have that on your mantelpiece yeah <laughs> just stuck yeah, to the wall cock. <laughs> it's kind of been very rigorous drug tests if he was he was doing that right do you think they do you think they knew what was going on well because also i'm picturing a big sort of veiny erect fake <laughs> yeah, penis yeah. do you know what i mean which if you pulled that on a test you'd be like <laughs> yeah i don't know you strongly get the sense that napoli at times were involved in easing his drug testing yeah. cleaning him up a bit yeah yeah uh, but yeah it's still pretty mental his other vice besides partying and, and doing coke is obviously shagging now throughout this period diego is with his childhood sweetheart claudia they've been together for 10 years by the time he he gets into napoli and they have kids together in fact there's there's the video of him with his two-year-old daughter where he teaches her to say fuck juve juve fafan cool so good um and I, I think like he's genuinely in love with claudia they marry in in the late 80s they have this like mad wedding in buenos aires million dollar budget 1100 guests the cake was eight foot seven high 1100 yeah, guests yeah. <laughs> they apparently flew over the whole napoli squad and put them up in the top hotel in naples he's a very generous guy it's only 24 people though <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. another, another thousand to go <laughs> that is a mental number of guests it's the whole the whole giuliano clan as well yeah, exactly. Mafia. carmine and, and carmine yeah. jr Mafia plus one yeah, <laughs> they got to bring their gumas. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, there's there's a lovely bit because apparently it was like this. There's a write up of it in the New York Times, and they're describing the, the ceremony was really romantic and and really sweet. And they come out on the steps and they're sort of like greeting people, people throwing confetti. And then Diego spots a photographer he doesn't like and just leans over and just decks him, <laughs> just, just punches him. <laughs> like, hey, you just got married. <laughs> anyway, char- charming wedding. Um, <laughs> Obviously, throughout, he is cheating on Claudia, left, right and centre. He he confesses later, I was in love with Claudia, but I was no saint. And there were some beautiful women. Oh, so many. <laughs> so he's starting to sound quite Greek now. <laughs> Just go with it. Just go with anyway, it. If you're wondering how many women that is, according to his personal driver, he reckons Diego shagged 8,000 women during that period. It's seven years, right? That's... A thousand. Digits. Yeah, that's three a day. I mean, he, <laughs> surely that. Got, surely Claudia has picked up on this at some yeah. point. Yeah, I think so. But can we just for a second just work out? Can you shag three people a day? No days <laughs> off for, for seven years. I'm assuming some of it is like group group stuff. <laughs> three a day. Fair play. It's quite impressive to fit that around the coat <laughs> yeah. use as well. Yeah. Well, he wasn't training much, was he? True. So <laughs> sweat it out. Yeah. <laughs> three more bin bag. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, to, to your question about Claudia, like she must have had an idea. Um, a lot of them were prostitutes. I was actually looking through the newspaper archives trying to find some juicy quotes. The only one I could find was one of the prostitutes said, he liked to suck my big toe, which is, yeah, mm. you know, some some guys are into that. Whatever you're into, yeah. Um, but Claudia does, even, I think Claudia's turning a, a blind eye deliberately, but eventually she can't because... Diego fathers a son with a local woman called Cristiana Sinagra. She's not a prostitute. She's what Nicholas Bentner would call a civilian. (laughs) (laughs) Non-enemy combatant. (laughs) Um, But Cristiana goes on local news. She's on telly holding this baby who she's called Diego Jr., predictably. Shock. And uh, and Diego just insists it's not his and and Claudia goes along with that. Um, Diego Jr. actually ends up being a footballer. He doesn't get very far. He plays in Serie D 
which is, you mm. know, all right. But actually in a beautiful poetic parallel, he joins Napoli's beach football team and leads them to their first ever wow. national title, <laughs> wow. which is, you know, kind of the same. Is he also short and a bit stocky? Yeah, he does look surprisingly light. Really? And he never, Diego always says, he's just not my son. And then he returns to Naples in 2003 and Diego Jr. ambushes him on a golf course. And it's like this dramatic moment where he's like, I'm your son, I'm your son. <laughs> and uh, uh, Diego still, in 2007, he finally acknowledges it. Wow. Mm. So on the golf course, he doesn't? No, I think, I'm not exactly sure, but I think he's a bit like, get the fuck away from yeah. me. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe he's having a bad round. Yeah. He's like, listen, mate, when you've won the beach title Scudetto. <laughs> <laughs> come back. When you've won the Scudetto of the sand, <laughs> you can come back and I'll... I'll recognise you. Um, anyway, yeah, no, poor old Diego Jr. I think there are some other love children as well, but I don't know if they, they happen during this Napoli era. Back on the pitch, things are going really well still. And in uh, 1989, they win the UEFA Cup. He has, however, around this time decided, I think it's time to move on. He's been there nearly six years. Um, it's an intense life, as we said. Every time he leaves the house, he's mobbed. The, the mafia are really in his life. They're constantly demanding he comes and attends baptisms and they're, you know, they're giving him gold Rolexes, but he doesn't really need them. And Syria, you know, it's, it's quite intense as well. He's getting a lot of grief from the Italian press, from other teams. He's fouled a lot and he thinks, I think I'm ready to do something else. And he starts talking to French side Marseille mm. about leaving. And he goes and sees Napoli's president and he says, look, I, th- I think it's my time. And Napoli's president says, look, if you win us the UEFA Cup this season... I will let you go. Uh, and Diego says, all right, great. So when they do win the UEFA Cup, Maradona's on the pitch holding the cup and he's, you know, at this moment of peace where he thinks I've achieved everything here and I'm moving on. And the Napoli president just sidles up to him and whispers in his ear, you are going nowhere. You oh, cannot okay. leave. And he basically says, I'm not selling you. Mm. Maradona says later, I wanted to smash the cup over his head. He's like, you absolute." Bastard. I was looking forward to seeing what the chop was like in Marseille. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it's good. Yeah. That North Straight African up. link. Yeah. <laughs> um, Marseille actually still try and buy him. They send their transfer negotiators to Naples and they say later, our negotiators were invited to leave Napoli at gunpoint. <laughs> I think they literally mean invited. that. I love that, invited to leave. Yeah, that's <laughs> very... like, Please come this way. Yeah, <laughs> They made me an offer I can't refuse, yeah. just to keep my fucking testicles. Um, so he stays. <laughs> and actually, the following season, he wins them a second title. Top scoring in the league. He's still a star on the pitch. Kind of been that upset then. Why, you think of his moves? I think he still always feels this like bond to the fans, and he loves playing for them. Yeah. But I think he's like, I need to... There's also a thing that like he kind of wants to kick the coke habit a bit. Mm. However, he wins that title and that summer it's Italia 90. It's the World Cup. He's the captain of the defending champions. He's he's the big star of the World Cup. And I mean, up to this point, I think all of Maradona's indiscretions, like his his drug use, his affairs, his um, mafia affiliations had kind of been kept secret hushed up by by the powerful friends that he had but yeah that that all came crashing down at Italia 90 he did pretty well he didn't exactly light the tournament on fire like he did in 86 but he leads Argentina to the semi-finals where they're up against toasts Italy and by uh, a nice quirk of the draw the game is scheduled to take place in Naples Diego's Diego's spiritual home. I mean, that is pure Hollywood script writing. Yeah, work of the draw or the mafia. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows? But in the build-up to the game, Diego really plays on his like godlike status and really stokes this north-south rivalry in Italy. So he kind of reminds the Neapolitans of what what northern Italians had said about them and he, he says in an interview Napoli non Italia Naples is not Italy it's hard to imagine I know um, Liverpool's often say Scouse not English but it's hard to imagine a scenario where like you know say like Egypt were playing England in the semi <laughs> at Anfield and, and they Mo Salah yeah Mo Salah <laughs> Liverpool is not England it was pretty mad it's punchy right yeah 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 and it, and it obviously goes down very badly with Italians or with, with the Italian press and in the build-up to this game Maradona is just absolutely hated like the the, the Argentine national anthem is 
booed mercilessly in the in the game and in the, the game ends up being a 1-1 draw it goes to penalties and Maradona scores and the following penalty is saved so Argentina go through to the final and obviously the atmosphere in the stadium turns pretty toxic all of the Italian fans are, are furious their home world cup dream is in in tatters and they blame Maradona for this but don't don't a lot of the Napoli fans do support Argentina don't they the ultras yeah and the curva yeah, yeah. B yeah so so um it be, before the match Maradona sort of said like I, I hope that the people of Naples will support me and it, it sparks this big debate in Naples people some some people are like oh, we should, we've got to stick with Italy and other people are like fuck Italy like yeah. what's Italy ever done for us like, I'm with Diego so there is this sort of strange atmosphere in the stadium but then then Argentina win it and the the kind of Italian the heartland press absolutely turns on Diego so Gazzetta dello Sports one of the main newspapers um goes with the headline Diego is the devil <laughs> um and La Repubblica one of the other big newspapers um very news of the puts, world that yeah it is <laughs> La, La Repubblica puts up this this survey which I think is I feel like it's slightly contrived considering the timing, but they do, they poll their readers on the most hated figure in history and up against like Hitler and Judas, Maradona wins by a landslide. Um, <laughs> it's Judas. Yeah. It's an intensely Catholic country. I was trying to think, what, who else do Italians hate? It's like, uh, yeah. Pe- uh, people who snap the spaghetti in half before they it. <laughs> Jamie Oliver. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Maradona wins by a landslide and the entire of Italy, apart from Naples, is against him. But even his support in Naples is about to to come crumbling down. Yeah, he's he's still doing magic on the pitch, but I think he's becoming even more erratic off it by this point. So we're now into the season just after Italia 90. As, as you said, everyone in Italy outside of Naples now hates him. And... Uh, Maradona's starting to miss full training sessions. Uh, everyone's worrying, basically, that he's really losing it, going off the rails. And their European Cup tie against Spartak Moscow comes around and Diego misses the flight. He's not on it. So everyone's thinking, oh my God, what, what's happened this time? Anyway, he does, in the end, get a private jet and he lands in Moscow on at midnight on the day of the game. <laughs> As in he's missed it or he's got... No, no, he's still there in time for the game. Well, yeah, he's got like, you know, the game's that day and he's yeah. landed sort of the <laughs> middle of the night before. And uh, he arrives and obviously you think, go to bed, mate. But instead he decides, no, I want to go and see Lenin's tomb in the Red Square. <laughs> so at 2am, he goes out in this big fur coat and it's it's the anniversary of the Russian revolution so they're the red square's closed no one's allowed to come in and see lenin but maradona just bowls up at 2am and sweet talks his way in past the red army <laughs> and then done gack in the vatican mate let me in <laughs> you're gonna love this one <laughs> anyway he goes and pays his respects to the great man which yeah presumably involves <laughs> I, I love, yeah, I love stripe. And flat surfaces <laughs> the sort of glass case over him <laughs> I love the the amount that he just doesn't give a shit because like, oh, he he must know that Napoli are fucking furious about the fact that he's missed his flight and stuff and still just arrives at midnight. It's like, oh, just a bit of sightseeing while we haven't, haven't been to Moscow before. Yeah, and also is he not a little bit scared of just like going up to Lenin's? Do you know what I mean? Like if an ordinary citizen did that, yeah, he might get in a bit of trouble. Yeah, yeah, he just doesn't yeah, give yeah. a fuck. He just swans in, mm. pays his respects to the great man. I guess if they've always given him some leeway throughout his career, he's just used to getting what he wants, mm. isn't he? I mean, sure. he is. He's he's the most famous guy in the world, right? He's sort of where yeah. Messi and Ronaldo are at now, but yeah, you know, with a with a wild personal life. Mm. Um, anyway, so Napoli are angry and they bench him for the game. They eventually bring him on around the hour mark, but it's too late. He can't see. Th- he can't save them and they lose on penalties. Was he wearing like a, I do see him coming in wearing like one of Leonard's hats. Let's have a go on that gun. Can I? <laughs> anyway, it's, got, it's got some like stick on tattoos. And- <laughs> anyway, at this point, Napoli are like, that's it. And the club decide we are no longer going to protect him, which means they're not going to, you know, help him pass drug tests. They're not going to make excuses for him and hide stuff from the press. He's already lost his political pr- protection in Naples, right? So this is it. He's he's on his own now. Yeah, that's kind of the final straw because I think Napoli, his employers were the 
kind of the last ones that were, were standing with him. But but after this, it's just like, it's, it's open season on him. Nobody's there to protect him. So in January 1991, um, the police, uh, it, it turns out the police have been investigating the Giuliano clan, the, the mafia family that Maradona was friends with uh, because they've been um, running this, unsurprisingly, running yeah. a cocaine and prostitution <laughs> ring. Massive, surprise, surprise. Massive, massive racket. Yeah. <laughs> what, the mafia have been committing crimes? You're joking. <laughs> I liked them. <laughs> um, yeah, surprise, surprise, they have. And the, the papers get hold of um, some tapes that have been recorded of, of like wiretaps and Diego is all over named, the tapes. Is, is all, all over <laughs> the tape. So there's one where one of uh, Diego's mates is is uh, is recorded ordering gear and women for Diego. <laughs> Another one that I liked was actually Diego speaking on the phone to the madam of this brothel, and he's he's ordering some girls to come to the hotel that he's at, and. The order goes to having this conversation. She's like, great, like they'll, they'll be there in an hour. And he's like, cool, see you later. And she's like, oh, one more thing. Can I just put my son on? <laughs> <laughs> and this like 11 year old boy like comes on the phone. He's like, Diego. It's just, ciao. Yeah. <laughs> but Diego is, uh, he's interviewed for the police on these drug trafficking charges. He's kind of released and these investigations go on and he continues playing football until March 1991 when after a game against Bari in Serie A, Diego's called in for a random <laughs> drugs test. <laughs> Weird that, again. <laughs> By this point, the the authorities have cottoned onto his, his plastic schlong and they, <laughs> they're a little bit more rigorous in their, in their testing. And unsurprisingly, his, his test comes back positive and he's handed a, a 15 month ban from football it's the, the heaviest ban that's ever been handed out and and fifa pick it up as well and ban him from all like international competitions so he can't play anywhere but this is for coke use for it's coke, coke yeah test, test positive yeah, yeah. for coke i think for diego this is this marks the end of his time in naples he, mm. he knows that the game's up and very quickly one night he he just jumps on a plane back to Buenos Aires, doesn't doesn't say goodbye, doesn't make any kind of fanfare. Um, apparently the next morning, fans hear what's happened. They hold a vigil outside the training ground for him. It's like, it was just so intense with those guys, isn't it? Yeah. Vigil time. There's millions weeping. Yeah. Yeah. No one's going to work. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so he's not dead. Come yeah. on. Um, but anyway, he heads he heads back to Argentina. But if he was um, hoping for a bit of respite from the spotlight, he he's going to be disappointed because shortly after arriving back in Buenos Aires, police raid his apartment and bust him for possession of cocaine. They then search his apartment and find half a kilo of Jesus. cocaine in there. Oh, no, it's not a couple of grams, is it? No. Well, so he's only been in town for like a couple yeah. of days, is not it? First things first. Coming in heavy. Yeah. You get me half a kilo. <laughs> and for, for that, he gets he gets a 14-month suspended jail sentence. Feels quite light. I know, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, yeah. I think you'd get life for that, wouldn't you, normally? Half a kilo. Yeah. He's a national hero. Mm, yeah, mm. true. What, how long's that lasting him, half a kilo of cocaine? A couple of weeks. <laughs> Presumably he's got hungry mouths to feed. It's not just for him. Yeah. Maybe your sentence gets cut if you're a cultural icon at yeah. that point. And rightly so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> William Reason, yeah. Gary Glitter. <laughs> but I think his, his departure from Naples really was the end yeah, the of end. his, the end of his like top career anyway. An amazing spell though. Seven years. He won the league twice. Won the UEFA Cup for like a proper underdog. Yeah. Um, I know we, yeah, obviously the, Vigil was a bit intense, but it's actually quite a sad way for him to leave, isn't it? You know, just on the plane on his own and then going back to Buenos Aires, it's, you know. Yeah, considering when he arrived, there were like 80,000 fans yeah, turned out to but meet he him. But he does, he goes back like many times later, right? Isn't there a thing that his his daughter visits after his death and she can't walk down the road because there's people kneeling in front of her, kissing her feet. <laughs> and she goes and visits a hospital and she's like, yeah, all the doctors and nurses were outside, but even all the patients came out. <laughs> it's like a guy mid never for that one <laughs> just wheel him out like it's it's mental how much adulation he gets there yeah I mean you saw the scenes when he died it was it was the entire city just turned into a, an absolute shrine for him they renamed 
uh, Napoli Stadium, the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona, after him. So he's he's still there. He's he's a god, really. So I've got some questions for you guys. Firstly, uh, do you think overall it was a good experience for him? <laughs> Like, do you think it would have been better if, you know, sliding doors, he'd gone... Because apparently um, Marseille, he could have gone to Real Madrid at one point. Like, do you think it would have been better for him had he not gone there and he'd gone somewhere else? I think it's a very similar question to uh, should Gazza have gone to Man United? You know, maybe if he'd gone to a more sheltered club with a more conservative manager that didn't let him do what he, he wanted, then maybe it would have turned out different. But would it have been such a great story? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't have had this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Him, I think Maradona and Napoli were a perfect match for each other. This like cocktail of of like chaos and devotion is mm. is something that they, that they both have, and they they really sort of played into each other's legend. Really, mm. he stayed too long, uh, and I think obviously he he knew that. Like he he realized at one point that the city was eating him up. So I think it was it was a great match at the time and obviously they've created this absolutely legendary story together but obviously it, the city did end up really destroying him I think. Yeah. I think he would have had a similar personal life elsewhere mm. and he had an amazing story there so I think I think it was worth it. Honestly I think he's the kind of guy you drop him in the middle of the Islamic State Caliphate and within a few weeks he's like found someone he's found some, found some coke he's doing kick ups with the shoelaces untied a few, a few women around him like, I just think he's that guy party on so I don't I, you know I, I don't I don't think it was a bad decision at all would you would you want to live that life if, if I could give you I can give you the red pill and you can go and, and live that whole experience, or you can take the blue pill and continue with your poxy podcast. Which, <laughs> which, uh, which life are you taking? I think we've all taken the blue pill here, haven't we? <laughs> uh, I think I would take the red pill and go, Diego. Yeah. You'd have to. What an interesting life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go on. Go yeah. on. That's, that sounds fun. <laughs> for, for a while and then it becomes deeply yeah. depressing. <laughs> Taking the red pill. <laughs> it's too late. Yeah. Have both. Um, all right, well, we're going to do episodes on a few other chapters from Maradona's career. There's obviously the 94 World Cup, which is a mental story I'd never really realised until we wrote about it. And his management career mm. has a lot of... Uh, wild moments in it too so we'll leave it there for now jp thanks very much as always boys thank you very much cheers Zach. thank you and thank you all for listening if you enjoyed this please do hit subscribe share it with your mates you know the type will be into this one thanks a lot <laughs> <laughs>